the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Together for Good. Together for Good is brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Baptist Health Foundation exists to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Baptist heritage by providing needed funds for health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. Recently released reports seem to be unanimous. American teen girls are in a state of crisis. Their mental health has spiraled downward, and experts are divided on why that is. But excessive screen time, isolation, and negative body image are generally considered to be part of the problem. Well, our guest today is Minka Masanji. She is the executive director of Girls on the Run of Bear County, and her organization is dedicated to improving the physical and emotional well-being of elementary and middle school-aged girls by giving them tools to grow their confidence and embrace their potential. Minka is one of the founding members of Girls on the Run Bear County and has been their executive director for over 12 years. She received her doctorate in English and taught American literature and women's literature at the University of Guam before moving to Texas in 2007. When she heard about Girls on the Run, all her passions for advocating for women and girls, community building and running came together, and she knew she'd found her purpose. So, Mika, we are glad you're here with us today in studio. Thank you for taking time to come visit with us, and uh, we're anxious to learn more. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, Mika, what messages are girls today receiving online and through the media? And and have those messages changed over the last couple of decades? Uh, So I think predominantly the message they receive, a few messages, that they're not really enough as they are and um, that they need to look to others um, to make decisions for them and have a voice for them. Um, So there's a lot of pressure for them to conform to an ideal, whether that ideal is their appearance, what their friendship should be like, um, how they spend their free time, um, pretty much everything they do from day to day. There's an ideal that they think that they should live up to. Um, And I don't think the messages really have changed over the decades, but they've changed in intensity. So they're becoming more intense and and girls have more access, especially through social media. It's invasive. Right. Yeah, it used to just be magazines, uh, you know, maybe television, you know, back in the day. And now, you know, to your point, it's it's all over the place. It is. You can't escape it. You really can't. What what specific challenges are girls facing in our culture? Uh, why do they, you know, and why do you think they benefit from programming that centers them uh, and their needs? You know, in other words, you know, why have an organization called Girls on the Run? 
Right. And so there, there's several reasons. I think um, we work with girls roughly 9 to 12 years old. So the girls at that age, we're really about prevention. And so if you can have a program that focuses on girls for girls, that's the time when they're still willing to listen to adults and want to listen to adults and want to be in a safe space where they can bounce ideas off of um, safe adults. So because they're receiving messages, I think that say, you know, you have to compare yourself to others. A lot of times when they're around boys, um, then they're distracted. So if we can have them alone, then they're more likely just to be who they are and be their authentic selves. There's a lot of um, studies about, you know, you, you hit on some of them that a lot of studies have come out in the past few months about the mental um, health of girls, the mental health of kids, but girls in particular. And, you know, one that came out just about a month ago from the Surgeon General, the Surgeon General had a report about physical activity and the disparities between boys and girls and the disparities in um, any underserved population, really. And they actually talked about Girls on the Run as being one of those um, organizations that helps with social emotional learning and physical activity and bridging the the physical and mental um, health pieces of, of actually what we do. Um, there was also the study by the CDC that you mentioned <clears throat> really in February, <coughs> excuse me, that talked about how 60% of girls um, report being having persistent sadness and hopelessness. And so if we can do something that help girls recognize the strengths they already have in them and recognize um, that they can do whatever they want to do and we can help build up their confidence, then they can really show that in classroom settings and friendships in the community in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Minka, how does Girls on the Run incorporate the important connection between mind and body in its program? So we are curriculum-based, which means that we follow a curriculum that helps girls learn skills like how to manage your emotions, how to uh, resolve conflict, how to stand up for yourself and others. But the physical component of that is where the girls run. And so they play running games, really. They can walk. It's about forward movement. So doing the best you can with what you have in any given day. And so it's not competitive like a lot of other sports programs might be, but it really we have a mastery climate where girls are learning um, that they can just, you know, they're asking themselves, how can I give my best effort today? And recognizing that my best effort today might be different than my best effort yesterday, and it might be different than my best effort tomorrow. But if they learn to just put their best foot forward, no pun intended, (laughs) and um, run, walk, move, do whatever physical component to help reinforce the lessons they're learning, and then those running physical activity it just becomes something that's joyful and not something that's a chore Mm -hmm. how does girls on the run tailor its physical activities to create a supportive environment for girls of all backgrounds and abilities how do y'all do that yeah, so our program, you know, people hear Girls on the Run and they think, oh, this is a track team. Oh, I have to like running or be good at running. Um, we're volunteer-driven. A lot of volunteers think the same thing when they hear the name. But that's not the case. Because it's about forward movement, really it's just about doing something physical and something joyful. So even though we have a curriculum, every activity that we do can be modified to meet girls wherever they are. And so we've actually had girls with some physical disabilities in wheelchairs and, and crutches and other kinds of, um, you know, where you would think maybe a kid can't run, but of 
she doesn't have to run. She can, you know, move in a different way. So that helps actually with community building, too, because it gives girls an opportunity to talk to people who might not be like they are. And so they get to see that really it doesn't matter what kind of ability you have. You can do anything. Wow. Well, that's really cool. Can you tell us more about how Girls on the Run teaches life skills? Sure. Um, And so... One of the themes of our curriculum is about managing emotions. So there are three or four lessons that have to do with identifying what an emotion is. We say, for instance, that emotions aren't positive or negative. They're comfortable or uncomfortable. And so one of the first lessons is helping girls identify, well, what does that feel like in your body? And so the girls will play a running game together or do some kind of activity together. For instance, a coach will um, come up with a scenario and say, oh, I'm, you know, bringing a dog home today and and we're going to bring, you know, like thinking something up about having a puppy come home. And while the girls are hearing this scenario, then they have to go run. They'll run to a particular point and back thinking about what kind of emotion might that person be feeling in this particular situation. And so the running piece is that they're out there doing something physical, but they're thinking about the lesson that they're learning. Mm -hmm. And so they get to talk about that then. And, you know, some girl might say, oh, I'm excited to bring a puppy home. And someone else might say, no, I'm afraid because I don't like dogs. But then they get to talk about where am I feeling that in my body? What does fear feel like? What does happiness feel like while moving and working together as a team? All about managing emotions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. What are some of the long-term benefits and outcomes you all have seen that girls experience uh, as a result of participating in Girls on the Run? Yeah, so there's been um, a few studies done on Girls on the Run, and there was an independent study done in 2017 that found that girl, the girls who were least active at the beginning of programming actually increased their activity levels 40% by the end of the program and then continued being more physically active after the program ended. And so even if girls never come back to Girls on the Run, even if they don't take up running, they're getting more physically active by doing something because they're recognizing the joy of movement. And then and that helps them in other areas of their life. We found that 97% of girls said they learned critical life skills like resolving conflict, managing emotions, team building. And so we know that helps them later in life when it comes to understanding how to develop healthy relationships across the board. And 85% of girls reported improvements in confidence, their own self-confidence in caring about other people, feeling competent, developing character, and then connecting to others. Mm-hmm. Minka, how do you all collaborate with schools, you know, with parents, the community to create this kind of wraparound supportive network around the girls? Yeah, so we are a school-based program. We meet predominantly after school. So we partner with schools by schools hosting our programs. One of the things that we found during the pandemic is that that was pretty difficult. If we're not in schools, how do we meet the girls where they are? And so um, we've begun to expand into community spaces. Like during COVID, for instance, we were in a church parking lot. The kids just went and met there because that was close to a school. So we partner with schools. We partner with community sites. We partner at Parks and Rec and, and trying to have teams there in order to bring the programming to the girls. Now, we are volunteer um, driven. And so all of the people who facilitate our program are volunteers that we train and support. About 80% of our volunteer coaches are teachers or administrators or some school staff. And the other 20% are community volunteers. And so people
people who want to support kids, they don't necessarily have to be runners. They can come in and we train them and they support the girls. Um, and so we have partnerships with a lot of different places, um, a lot of different kinds of people. Wow, that's great. Uh, listeners, if you're just now tuning in, this is Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. I'm your host, Cody Knowlton, and today I'm talking with Minka Masanji. She is the executive director of Girls on the Run of Bear County. Minka has been telling us about Girls on the Run's mission to empower girls at a critical age, which is ages 9 through 12, helping them build a foundation uh, for the future. So, Minka, how do you guys measure uh, success in terms of the impact on the girls' overall well-being and development? So there's a couple of ways. I mean, um, so we give surveys so we can measure, does the program do what we say it does? Are the girls really experiencing um, the things we hope that they're experiencing and learning those critical skills? So we always have survey data that we can make sure that we know that that is happening. But anecdotally, I mean, we hear stories all the time from teachers and from our volunteer coaches and from parents who tell us that the kids are lear- are using the skills that they've learned in Girls on the Run outside of Girls on the Run. We hear, for instance, that one of the girls um, who in a classroom setting might have been really shy and, and not want to raise her hand much in class by the end of the season of Girls on the Run, or, or even if she's had more than one season, she's raising her hand and she's leading the conversation and so she's being more interactive in the classroom setting. Mm. So we hear stories like that all the time. Yeah, I bet you do. Do you have any success stories you want to share? You know, I, there's so many success stories. I think for me, it's knowing that we've made a long-term impact. And one way that I know we make it is when the girls want to come back and volunteer. And we were at that point where that's actually starting to happen. We had... Um, One of our girls who took girls on the run in third grade called us, um, didn't tell us who she was, but just said, hey, you know, how old do I have to be to start a team and to volunteer? I'm going to be 18 next month. Can I start a team? Well, in talking to her, we found out that she was one of our first um, participants in Girls on the Run, and it impacted her so much that she wanted to give it to her sister, who was now entering fifth grade. And to do that, she thought she could just start a team and get started. So we had them at a school where she, you know, they came to a different school, and Christina was her name. Christina coached, and she was able to give that program to her sister, wow. which, which I thought was awesome. That is kind of passing it on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that's great. Um, can you discuss, Mink, any challenges you guys uh, have faced in implementing uh, your program uh, and how you as an organization have overcome those challenges? Um, then, you know, there's a few challenges. One is school access um, because... Our program really works best when there's a champion at the school. And so um, for the teachers or the families or the community to learn about Girls on the Run and want to bring the program to their school, things will work well when that happens. But if teachers move or if somebody moves on, sometimes the program ends with, you know, that teacher's departure or that that parent's departure. So school access and volunteer access at the school can be a challenge. And we just work on building relationships. And, we, you know, we, the more time goes by, the more people hear about their friends' experiences with Girls on the Run, for instance, or their colleagues. And that helps the program expand. So access to schools and then being volunteer 
volunteer driven um, it can also be challenging I mean the great thing about having volunteers coach the kids is that you know a girl can be what she can see and so we can have volunteers across the board and all kinds of jobs and all kinds of career opportunities that maybe a girl wouldn't know she could do those things until she sees somebody else doing them and that's really great but we're in the after school hours and it can be challenging to get volunteers who are available during those hours as well. Sure, I bet. Um, as I'm thinking through, you know, the pandemic, you know, it continues to be on, on my mind as I talk to nonprofits, you know, how how did you guys weather that? You know, how were you affected uh, by the pandemic? And have there been any lasting changes to your organization because of what you learned about the pandemic? Yeah. So the year um, leading into the pandemic, that academic year, we served almost a thousand girls. And then the year of the pandemic, we served 170. So, mm-hmm. so we, you know, we're, as the schools were figuring out what to do and still the, the way that they work with volunteers and after school programs is evolving and it's changed a little bit. So that's had an impact on us. Um, And then the whole volunteer climate has changed. And so we're trying to get a handle on what that looks like for us. I will say that we are so amazingly lucky with the volunteers who support us. The first season that we had programming after, you know, the the pandemic coming back up, we had actually more volunteers ready to serve than we had girls to serve. And so, um, (laughs) yeah, it was really amazing. And so we're, we're, we're lucky that we have some pretty great volunteers, but we're still getting back on our feet. We're not to pre-pandemic levels yet, and we're learning other spaces to serve um, our girls in besides schools. Where can we be in a park or in a YMCA or, or a different kind of space? Have, have you found that organizations like yours are struggling in that department, you know, like a Fellowship of Christian Athletes or you know, Young Life, other organizations that are on campuses? Are they seeing similar situations in rebuilding post-pandemic? They are. Girls on the Run is part of Excel Beyond the Bell, which is part of a partnership. And we have those conversations a lot about what does it mean to serve the kids and and how do we work together to do that? Um, And a lot of organizations are in the same place. One of the things I love about San Antonio is the nonprofit youth serving community here is you know, so so supportive. Everybody really just wants to see each other succeed. So we do what we can to help each other, and then to share. You know, some of, some of the pain. Yeah, we're all feeling the same pain. <laughs> we're all rowing the boat together <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Mika, how can the local community actively support and contribute to your mission? at Girls on the Run. How can they go about connecting with you? Sure. Um, So they can volunteer. They can um, help us connect to spaces where we might be able to have a team. Um, And they can connect us. um, You know, we're always looking for corporate sponsors. One of the interesting shifts in the pandemic, too, has been, you know, there was always a lot of people who wanted to come out and volunteer and support the community, different corporations, different banks. And now, gosh, so many people are wanting to come out and help. So if you know of a place where there's volunteer opportunities, space to host a team, that's a great way to connect with us. Um, and then you know that's available on our website anytime there's information. Give it, give us our, your website. I know we'll mention it sure. many times here, but it is G O T R for Girls on the Run. So G O T R San Antonio dot org. Okay, 
Awesome. And obviously financial donations are... Financial donations. And so we are fee-based. We ask a fee for the program, but we never turn a girl away based on financial need. So we're always raising money for scholarships. One of the changes you asked about the pandemic, one of the things that we saw is we've always had about 60, 65% of our girls um, receive full or partial scholarships. But the number of girls who receive 100% financial scholarships has gone up from about 4% to over 25% since the pandemic. So, you know, we want to be able to serve everybody who wants our program. That's right. Again, if you're just tuning in, this is Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Uh, this is Cody Knowlton, and uh, today I'm talking with Minka Masanji, Executive Director of Girls on the Run of Bear County. Uh, Minka has been telling us about Girls on the Run and all the wonderful things they're doing uh, for girls ages 9 through 12 and helping them manage their emotions and uh, and mature into to the young ladies that they are meant to be. And um, So, Minka, how does a child get involved in one of your programs? And I guess it starts at the school, but, you know, are there any geographic or age restrictions? So um, most of the programs are in schools, but a girl doesn't have to go to the school where the program is being hosted in order to participate. As long as she can get to the program by the time it starts, she can go to pretty much anywhere. So really the only um, the only requirements are that she be in third through fifth grade or sixth through eighth grade. We have two programs and identify as a girl. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. And yeah. so if you look online, you can see the schools where we've been or the, some of the locations where we've been and then where we intend to be in fall. We're still working on fall programming. Um, but a girl can live anywhere. Mostly we're in Bear County. We do have some programming in Comal County and some in Kendall County, but primarily we're in Bear County. But again, they can come to you directly. They can. Okay. Yeah. How many do that? I mean, a very small percentage or? A pretty small percentage okay. because most of the kids, you know, want to be, they're at school already. And so it's easier for their parents. Transportation is always an issue when we're trying to have programming elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm just curious as a half marathoner, and I know you are one as well, how many girls end up being, you know, big time runners, you know? That's a great question. And I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're seeking to do in the upcoming year or two is, you know, we have data for all the girls that we've served. And I want to know who, you know, what are you guys doing? So, yeah, yeah a lot of them we find once they hit. Uh, middle school, they'll come to our program in the fall, and we think, oh, good, you'll join again in the spring. And no, they want to go join track instead. And oh. we're like, wait a minute, come back <laughs> to us. So they, a lot of them do like to go on and run. Yeah. Uh, Mika, what personal experiences have inspired you as the CEO of Girls on the Run? Uh, and, and really, what motivates you to continue driving the organization's mission forward? Yeah, I think, you know, I didn't take up running myself until I was in, you know, my mid-30s. And I see what it did for me and my confidence and just, um, you know, my motivation to do better and better at life. And I can see how that impacts the girls. So when I need motivation, I just go visit a team. The girls are so wise. I mean, they're so smart. The things that they say and just to see them in action and see them interact with their coaches, it just lifts me up. I bet it does. Uh, I want the, our listeners to understand the bigger picture here because Girls on the Run of Bear County is just one 
Girls on the Run. So talk about kind of the whole nationwide picture of Girls on the Run. That's right. So Girls on the Run International is the um, big sister of our organization. And around the country, there are over about 150 or so um, independent. So we're an independent 501c3, and there are several around the country. There are three others here in Texas, Houston, Dallas, Austin, and then us. And so what that means is that we get the benefit of using this amazing curriculum that they create and that they can make sure that they keep up to date with the latest studies and the latest work that they need to do on helping girls. Um, So, you know, that's the great part. So, and then we get to connect with our community locally. I see. So girls, and you know, we find people come to San Antonio and say, oh, I heard about Girls on the Run in Chicago. And especially with San Antonio being a big military community, as people have moved around the country, they're aware of Girls on the Run, and then they look for us specifically when they get here. Yeah, but you have your own board and your own fundraising and finances. Everything is here. Exactly. Yeah. We're, our, yep, our own independent, so everything that we do, we do all of our fundraising, all of of um, our volunteer raising, everything here locally, our own policies, procedures, all of that. Great, great. Minka, thank you for being here with us today. This has been inspiring, encouraging. Uh, you know, we need more organizations like Girls on the Run, for sure. And uh, we need more We need more leaders like you well, as well that you. wake up every day that are just ready to make a difference and make an impact. So we're grateful for you, grateful for your leadership. And I'd like to say a word of prayer uh, for you before we depart today. Sure. Let's do that. Lord, we love you and thank you for the day. Thank you for Girls on the Run. Thank you for Minka. And uh, so grateful for this organization's mission that is impacting our community, improving the health of our young girls as they are maturing and growing up and and finding uh, everything you want them to be uh, involved with. And so we we just pray for them, pray for uh, the girls as they they learn and grow. And pray for Minka and her leadership, her board, and this local group that is continuing to do great work here. So we pray for them, Lord, and we love them, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Minka, thank you for spending some time with us today. We appreciate uh, your time. And uh, before we depart, give me your website one more time before we we get off. Sure. Um, G-O-T-R-SanAntonio.org. Okay. And thank you so much for having me. It's been great. You bet. Well, we appreciate you and your passion and commitment uh, to uh, the mission of empowering and inspiring girls to rise a rise up uh, and get through the obstacles of our society. Uh, Listeners, we're grateful for you. We're grateful every week you tune in. And so we hope you've been encouraged by the work being done in our community to improve the lives of our neighbors. You can catch our episodes anywhere you get your podcast or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio's website, bhfsa.org forward slash together for good. We'll be back next week with another great conversation about health matters and the work of our nonprofits in our area. God bless and take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.